you have your Bible tonight, we're turning to two verses. Uh, we're turning, first of all, to Matthew's Gospel and chapter 5, please. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, and just one verse of Scripture there, and then we're going over into John's Gospel, chapter uh, 29. Matthew's Gospel, please, and chapter 5, and we're breaking in on the Sermon of the Mount, and the Lord Jesus is preaching. And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, just one verse, please, and verse number 6. And we read together, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, just over into John's Gospel, please, chapter 19. John's Gospel, chapter 19. And then you'll be able to leave your Bible uh, open there. And we're coming to the cross. And verse 28 of John's Gospel, chapter 19. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, he saith, I thirst. And we know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word uh, to our hearts uh, tonight. I want to talk to you in the moments that we have together tonight about this one word that has really captivated me over the last number of days. It's a word that every single one of us here tonight knows something about. It's that simple word, thirst. I, I'm sure from the very youngest to the oldest here tonight, we all know what it is whether to be out for a walk on a lovely summer's day or else we're at the place of employment and we're working. And all of a sudden, just seems to be out of the blue. There comes upon us a thirst, a longing in our heart that our body is telling us that there's a need that needs to be met. I want to say to you tonight, my dear people, whenever you and I come to the things of God, that's a wonderful thing to have, a thirst. We read together tonight whenever the Lord Jesus was preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Someone has said concerning bodily thirst, it is the language of a need that has not yet been met. I want to relate that tonight into a spiritual realm. Uh, maybe there's a sinner here tonight, and that's exactly where you are along the road of life, that you have a, a thirst for reality with God. These words that the Lord Jesus said, he said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You'll know very well, as I do, whenever you're hungry or whenever you're thirsty, you'll know that it cannot be reasoned with. Whenever you have a thirst, my, if you go for a number of days without water, that's all that will be on your mind, that you must get something to quench your thirst. You can't forget about thirst. You can't ignore it. It's a need that needs to be met. And I believe tonight, even in this meeting, that there's individuals here, and as a sinner, you're longing for something or someone to quench the thirsting of your soul. And maybe you've used, as the Bible said, the, the cisterns of broken water. 
My, there are cisterns that have been hewed out that can't hold water. And maybe you've tried the world and maybe you've tried sin and maybe you've tried religion and maybe you've tried atheism and maybe you've tried so many other, other things. But tonight as you sit in the meeting or listen later on, whether you're in the car or whether you're at home or whether you're on the farm, there's still a thirst. There's an appetite in your soul that has not been met. There's a longing for reality with God. There's a desire there that none of the things of the world can ever satisfy. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, he said, I longed, I have longed for thy salvation. And you know, there's people all around the world tonight and they genuinely want to be right with God. And so what they do is they do their best and they try this thing and they try that thing and they're so sincere. But my dear people, you can be so sincere and yet be sincerely wrong. And there's so many things that you and I can take and try and do, but they never satisfy the thirsting of the soul. You know what it's like whenever you're thirsty during the day, as we've tried to describe to you, whether you're at work or out on the farm or out for a walk, and the sun is beating down upon you, there's nothing that will meet the need like a glass of cold water. There's something that will quench the thirsting of the body. But I want to tell you, my dear people tonight, thank God that there is a remedy for the sin-sick soul. Thank God tonight there is a remedy for that individual that is here tonight, whether you're old or whether you're young. And you say, Stephen, that's really where I am tonight. I have tried so many things. And you could say like the hymn writer, I've tried the broken cisterns, but oh, the waters fail. And even as I stoop to drink, they mock me as I will. And maybe you've come tonight and maybe you even feel disillusioned. As I was talking to a dear man not too long ago, a number of weeks ago, he rang me and he said, Stephen, why is it that every different denomination or church that I go to, they tell me something different that I need to do? And what has happened is men have tried to make a remedy for the desire of the soul. But oh, my dear people, I want to tell you tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can quench the longing of your soul. And I want to trust that even tonight in this meeting, that you'll come to him. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1, Ho, everyone that is thirsty, come ye to the water. And this message that we're preaching tonight is not just for some people. It's for all people. My, I want to tell you that the water of the gospel, this wonderful supply, is able to meet the need of every individual that comes tonight. Ho, Everyone that is thirsty, come ye to the waters. And as we have said tonight, my, this thirst, you can't ignore it. You can't try to forget about it. You can't reason with it. You can't try to cover it over. The Bible talks in the book of Isaiah about the wells of salvation. And you know very well what a well is. My, how they will come there to the, to the mouth of the well and they'll drop the bucket and down under the dirt and down under the sand or the soil there will be a fresh supply of clean drinking water, water that is able to meet the need. 
And if you're not saved tonight, I want to tell you this from someone who has come to the water and has tasted of the water, and thank God even to this very day, is still drawing from the wells of salvation. I can tell you tonight that there's nothing and no one can quench the thirsting of your soul like the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're the wells of salvation. Now you say to me, Stephen, what what type of wells are they? Well, one of the wells of salvation is the the well of forgiveness. And every single one of us know what it is tonight to do something wrong against another person. We have all done that. Whether by accident or whether by by planning to do it and something has happened and you've you've wronged someone, you've, you've hurt them or you've wounded them or you've damaged their property and you go to that individual and you say, will you forgive me? And it's an awful thing whenever they say, no, I won't. But my dear sinner, tonight in the meeting, let me tell you this. Whenever you come to the person of the Lord Jesus and you repent of your sin, the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive you of all of our unrighteousness. There's the well of forgiveness. And you can come tonight with all of your sin. And if you leave your sin behind and repent and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can drop the bucket down into the well and you can draw from the well of forgiveness. There's not only the well of forgiveness, there's the well of cleansing. You see, whenever the Lord Jesus comes into your life, he comes and cleanses the life. The Apostle Paul said that old things pass away, all things become new. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is able not only to deal with the thirst of your soul, he's able to deal with the stains of your soul. There is a fountain that has been opened for uncleanness. And no matter who you are tonight, and maybe you feel unclean, and maybe you feel in your very soul tonight, I feel defiled by sin. And so often you'll find that, especially with immorality. If you find a woman or a man and they indulge their life in sexual sin, they will always say, I feel unclean, I feel impure. But oh, thank God that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is able to cleanse the stain. It's able to remove the spot. It's able to wash you whiter than the snow. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you ever come to that wonderful cleansing fountain of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? I have been there. And there's many in this meeting tonight can testify at different times and at different ages, my in different places where we came by faith and we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and we knew what it was to be born again, to be washed whiter than the snow. It's a wonderful thing. And then you can come not only to another well, and that is the well of assurance. These are the wells of salvation and they're very deep wells. Many people tonight, even in Northern Ireland, They don't have assurance. Maybe some of them have been to their chapel today. Maybe some of them have gone to their mosque today. Maybe some of them have went through the rituals of their religion today. And yet at the end of another Sunday, if you and I were to ask them, have you got assurance? They would say, well, I have a lot of things, but I don't have that one thing. Maybe you don't have assurance. Maybe deep down in your heart tonight you say, well, I wouldn't really like to die the way that I am. And can I give you a personal word of testimony in that? I made a profession whenever I was eight years of age. I can remember to this day. 
I remember kneeling beside my father and praying a prayer. And it wasn't my father's fault. But all I know is I wouldn't like to have died with just that little prayer. There was no change in my life. There was nothing radical that happened. There was, no, there was no sense of the presence of the Lord. The Bible talks about the witness of the Spirit. But oh, I can tell you there came a day in my life on the 22nd of February 2010. It was a landmark day in my life where I discovered, and as I stood smoking a cigarette, it suddenly came into my heart, and it was the Holy Spirit that put it there. Stephen, if you die now, where will you be? And I did not have assurance. I'm glad that night before that night was over that I got down beside my bed and I came as a sinner to the feet of the Lord Jesus and I can tell you tonight what he said, he or she that cometh to me, I will and no wise cast him out. And you can drop your bucket down into the well of assurance tonight. And I can say, like our sisters could sing tonight, and many in this meeting tonight, we could say, it is well, it is well with our soul. Now, can you say that tonight? You could maybe say it's well with my farm, it's well with my family, it's well with my business. But I wonder tonight, is it well with your soul? And maybe deep down in your heart, even tonight, this thirst could begin to intensify in your heart. There was an individual who quoted a prayer recently in the prayer meeting and it has been burning in my heart. Do you know what one of the verses was? Create soul thirst for thee. And you will never get saved. You will never come into a living, vital, vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus unless there's really a desire to come into this place of repentance and acknowledging your need before him unless there's a desire to be born again. My dear people, you never will be born again. You will never go to a doctor unless you know that you're sick. You'll never call the fire brigade unless you see the need to call them. And you'll never see your need of a Savior unless you discover that there's a need in your heart that has not yet been met. The things of the world can try to cover that thirst, can try to cover that desire, but down in your heart, and often at nighttime, whenever men and women in the stillness, they put their head upon the pillow, and what happens is the, the things that they have done and the guilt and the shame and all of the sins and all of the crookedness in the past, what happens is it comes back into their mind and they, they are troubled on their bed. But oh, thank God tonight that the Lord Jesus is the one who is able to give assurance from sin. There's the well of forgiveness. There's the well of peace. There's the well of assurance. There's the well of freedom. To be free. To be free from the fear of tomorrow. To be free from the guilt of the past. And every one of us in this meeting tonight have a past. Some longer than others. Some are more stained and some are more chained than others tonight. But every single one of us in this meeting have a past. And I'm sure like this preacher, there's things in our past that we wish we had never done. But the Bible says that God requireth that which is past. You can't brush your past under the carpet. You can't try to forget about it. You can't ignore it. And so often what God does is he brings the past out into the light. And what happens is whenever the Lord Jesus comes into the life, you know what happens? He gives you freedom. Freedom. The Lord Jesus not only deals with the stains, thank God he deals with the chains. 
And no matter who you are, and no matter what sin may be gripping you, as a man was ringing me recently, another dear man, he said, Stephen, there's a sin in my life, and I cannot break it. And he said to me, I would love to know that if I come to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he will have the power to set me free. That's a wonderful question to ask from an unsaved man. And I'm glad tonight that I could answer him on the authority of the Word of God. My dear man, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from. But whatever your sin may be, and no matter how strong the, the dominion of sin may be upon your life, that the Lord Jesus is able to set the captive free. He's able to set you free tonight. Now, I don't have to stand here and name out sins. I'm not God tonight. I don't need to know what your sin is if you're not saved. I don't need to know that. But all I can tell you tonight on the authority of the Word of God that the Lord Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed to have perfect liberty and freedom. And that's why the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 said, sin shall no more have dominion over you. To be set free. That's the message of the gospel tonight. Now, there's one other well before we go on. There's not only the well of freedom, and there's not only the well of assurance and forgiveness and peace. There's another well, and I often go here. It's the well of joy. To come with your little bucket, as it were, and in the trials and in the storms and with all of the difficulties of life, whether it's sickness, whether it's in the family, whether it's in our community, whether it's in society, whatever the gale may come, thank God the people of God tonight have an answer to the storms and the trials of life. We're not, as the Bible says, left as orphans. And we can come and we can drop our little bucket down into the deep well, one of the wells of salvation. And the Bible says, ye shall draw with joy from the wells of salvation. The hymn writer said, I've got joy, joy down in my heart since Jesus came into my life. I have a song in my heart and a spring in my step since Jesus came into my life. And if you're not saved tonight and you know all about the misery of sin and you know all about the burden of sin and you know all about the guilt of sin, oh, my dear people, I'm glad tonight that I'm not a minister standing here that hasn't got an answer. I'm glad tonight I'm a beggar that has found bread and I can tell other beggars how to find it, that there's an answer for the sin-sick soul. There's one who can give you joy. There's one who can give you peace. One who can give you freedom. One who can give you liberty. One who can give you assurance. One who can give you forgiveness. And there's one other well that you and I can come to, and it's the well of fellowship. To think that whenever an individual, a sinner, deep died, my, they could have committed enough sin, as one man said, to stay in a bucket of tar. But whenever they come to the Lord Jesus and repent of their sin and put their trust in him and repent of all that they have done and by faith they lay their hand upon the finished work of Christ, you know what happens? He not only takes away our sin, he not only removes our past, he brings us into his family. That's a wonderful thing. To come into the family of God. My, if you're not saved tonight, let me say this. If you're not saved, I want to tell you what the Lord Jesus said. As he looked into the eyes of the Pharisees and scribes, and they, they knew the first five books of the Bible off by heart. If we had a Pharisee here tonight, he would stand with his robes and his phylacteries. He, he kept 613 commandments of the Jewish tradition. And if I was to ask him tonight, would you begin at Genesis chapter 1, and would you quote the first five books of the Bible, which are the Pentateuch, he could quote them word for word. 
He could quote the whole book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, word for word. And maybe you say to me, Stephen, well, surely a man like that who's a religious man, surely he would get into heaven. But the Lord Jesus was talking to a man like this one day, and his name was Nicodemus. And the Lord Jesus looked into the eyes of Nicodemus, and this is what he said, Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. Don't be surprised when I tell you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And the reason for that is because if you're not born again, the Bible says that we were born in sin. And as the Lord Jesus looked into the eyes of another crowd of Pharisees, he said, ye are of your father the devil. And the works of your father ye will do. And whenever a man or woman is born again, you know what happens? They're born from above. They're washed in the blood. They're cleansed. They can draw from the wells of salvation. But oh, what a wonderful thing. The Bible talks about being adopted into the family of God. He brings us in. And tonight, maybe you don't know it because I'm just wearing a Dunstore shirt tonight and I'm just wearing a wee little Tesco's tie. But you're looking tonight at a a son of the king. And my father tonight is the one who holds the universe in his hand. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says that my father knoweth the things that I have need of before I even ask. And you say, Stephen, how did you ever come into God's family? Did you have to pay for it? Did you have to work for it? Did you have to sign a card? Did you have to put up your hand? None of those things. All I did was as I repented of my sin and received the person of the Lord Jesus into my life. And I didn't even really understand it all. But the Bible says to as many as received him to them, give he the power or the right or the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. And I'm glad tonight that whenever I die, if I do die, if the Lord be not come, What will happen is the Lord Jesus said that I will rise and what will happen is I'll go to the Father's house. I've got a new Father. Now just before we close tonight, if you die in your sin, you will go to your Father's house. And that's an awful place. There was a man that went there and I was thinking about him today. You know the first thing that he asked for was water. He got a thirst but it was too late. And he cried and he saw my Abraham there and he saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom and he said, oh, send Lazarus that he may dip his finger in water and he said, quench my thirst for I am tormented in this flame. That was what happened to the rich man in Luke's gospel, chapter 16. He got a thirst for God, but he got it too late. And would to God if you're not saved tonight, old or young, rich or poor, that deep down in your heart at this very moment that there will begin to grow an appetite, a longing, a thirst for, your, for reality with God and say, Stephen, everything that you're saying tonight, I can identify with that. I've tried the world. I've tried religion. I've tried drugs. I've tried therapy. I've tried all of the pleasures. I've tried business. I've more money. I've a nice family. But hitherto there's a need in my life that has not yet been met. I'm glad tonight that the Lord Jesus not only knows that need, but oh, bless his wonderful name, he can meet that need. And you can draw from the wells of salvation. Oh, come, sinner, come. Hear the warning call, the gracious invitation that is sounded free to all. You can come tonight to the waters of the living waters. Now you say to me, Stephen, 
It's two minutes to eight. Is there an illustration of this in the Bible? Because it's all right listening to me. Have you got proof tonight that the Lord Jesus is able to meet the desires of my heart? Yes, I have. And I encourage you, whenever you go home, is take your Bible and get John's Gospel and read John's Gospel, chapter 4. There was a woman that had a thirst. The Bible says that she came with her little vessel, uh, the pitcher, and she came to a well. It was called Syker's Well. She came on her own. And this woman had a thirst in her heart. You say to me, Stephen, how do you know that? Because whenever the Lord Jesus spoke to her, she had five husbands. And she was living with another man that wasn't even her husband. And what had happened, this woman, this dear lady, what was happening in her life, she had a thirst and a, an appetite in her heart, and she said, well, I will fill it with sexual immorality. Now, I'm sure tonight in this meeting that I could put the arrow into the boat tonight, and we could th pull the bow at a venture, and I'm sure maybe there's some individual here tonight. And that's exactly what you're doing. And you're indulging yourself in sexual immorality and impurity. And here was a woman that was so ruined by sin and everything that she tried, every pleasure that she tried, it never met the need. And she came out of the city of Samaria and she came to a well, Syker's well. She came to get water. And when she stood at the well, there was a man there. It was the greatest man that ever lived. It was unlike any other man that she had ever met before. Every other man that she had met looked her up and down. Every other man that looked at her said, well, there's a, there's a woman that I could use for my own pleasure. And she knew what it was to be drawn in by men, and she knew what it was to have broken heart after broken heart, five marriages, and the man that she was now living with, she couldn't trust him to marry him. She said, he'll do the same to me as the rest. But this man that stood at Syker's well was a different man. He didn't have eyes that burned with lust like the others. No, there were eyes that were eyes of love. And the Lord Jesus started to talk to this woman. She was a, a Samaritan. She was really an outcast of society of the day. And the Lord Jesus started to talk to her just about a well. What a wonderful thing. And he says, you know, I would love to, I would love to get water. And she says, you know, you're a Jew and you shouldn't ask a Samaritan for water. And what the Lord Jesus said is, what you should do, my dear, is you should ask me for water and I would give you living water. And he started to talk to her about the physical water and he turned it into a whole spiritual sermon, as it were. And he, he looked into her eyes and he said, My dear, let me tell you, whoever will drink of this water, down low it may be very deep, the well is deep. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. It will never meet the appetite of the soul. And if you're not saved tonight, you know what I mean, and I know what I mean, because I don't drink and drugs and all of those things. And on a Monday morning, I was as thirsty for reality as I was the week before. But the Lord Jesus went on. He didn't leave her there. He didn't leave her hanging in limbo. He said, he said, but the, the water that I will give, my, it will spring up as a well of everlasting life. My, it will come and it will meet the need of your heart. It will not be like the water that you're going to draw from this well. I will give you a supernatural supply that is able to bubble up on your heart. It will give you peace and forgiveness and joy and assurance and fellowship. And he says, you don't have to work for it. I have to give it. You know what she said? It's maybe the language of your own heart tonight. She said, sir... Give me this water. 
that I thirst not again. And you know what happened? My, the Lord Jesus drew her out into the open and he exposed all of her sin, everything that she was hiding. He brought it out into the open. And if you're ever going to draw from the wells of salvation, if you're ever going to have what I have, my dear people, you know what you have to be. You have to be honest, maybe for the first time, with yourself and with God. And what happened was the Lord just lifted the lid of her life. And she left her little vessel, her little water pot, the very thing that she was relying on to meet her needs, she left it behind. She no longer needed it. And she went down into the city of Samaria. And she most probably, the Bible says, she told the men, the men that had used her and abused her and had broken her life. And she went down into Samaria. And this is what she said to the men of Samaria. Come see a man that has told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She says, I have met a different man than all of you men. You men could never meet my need. You men defiled me. You men broke me. You men used me just as a vehicle for your own pleasure. But I have met a different man, and he wants to come into my life, and I have surrendered my heart to him, and I am from this moment drawing from the wells of salvation. She was never the same again. Would that be the language of your own heart tonight? And maybe tonight that's why Maud is not here. Because God has no mistakes. And you're here tonight and you say, Oh, Stephen, I have an appetite for God. I have a soul thirst for reality that at this very moment with all of my trying and doing, hitherto it has not been met. Oh, come ye to the fountain. And the Lord Jesus said, He that believeth in me, out of his belly, out of his inward parts will grow, flow rivers, not just one river, not even pools, not even streams, not even trickles. He said, what I'll give you, my dear sinner tonight, he said, I'll give you rivers of living, life-giving, lasting, soul-satisfying water. And what you need to do tonight is what you would do if I was to hold up this glass I would be a fool tonight to say to any of you, I'm thirsty. And you would say, Stephen, well, what you need to do is you just need to drink what's in your hand. You don't need to go any farther than what's on your very hand, just at arm's length tonight. And whenever I drink a piece, a little drop of this water, I didn't have to pay for it. Didn't have to work for it. There was someone else that provided it and put it at my very arm's length. But what I needed to do was apply it. I needed to appropriate it to my life. <coughs> the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. His spirit is here tonight. I can feel that. He died for you. He shed his precious blood. And you know what he cried on the cross? I thirst. Because the very Son of God was separated from the Father on your behalf. And he cried, it is finished. The work was done. And what he provided through that shed blood and that finished work was a fountain of everlasting life. But my dear people, you need to take it. You need to take it. Have you ever taken it? Are you going to take it? 
You know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can bring a sinner to the cure of sin. You can bring him to the foot of the cross. But you only get saved one at a time. It comes into my mind just now as we finish. Charlotte Elliott was a little girl, and you've heard this many times before. She was in a meeting, and the preacher was preaching on the word come. She went to the preacher after the meeting, and she said, Sir, I want to come to the Lord Jesus. I want to come tonight. But honestly and sincerely, I don't even know what to do. And the preacher got down, and he says, My dear, let me tell you what to do. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. Come with all of your baggage, yes. Come with all of your broken heart, absolutely. Come with all of your shame and guilt, yeah. And whenever you come to the person of the Lord Jesus, this man that is unlike any other man, just come as you are. It was that night that Charlotte Elliot, she took of the provision of the cross. Later on in her life, she got her little pen, and as a young lady, she took their, those lovely words, just as I am, without one plea. But that thy blood was shed, Lord, for me. <laughs> and that you bid me come to thee. O Lamb of God. Listen to it now. I come. I come. I come. Promise me this one thing. That you'll not get your thirst like the rich man of Luke 16 too late. Because at this very moment he's still in the flames. At this very moment all he wants is one little drop. Do you see it? Look at it. Drop. Can't satisfy the thirst. Come to the fountain. Let us pray.